0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Behind the Curtain podcast. I'm your host, Justin Loy. This is a podcast where we take an inside look at an expat life. As an American citizen who has lived in Central Europe for almost 20 years, I'm going to take you behind the scenes to explore the joys and struggles of a foreigner. It was on August 3rd, 1954 when a distinguished middle-aged man with a receding hairline and a thin mustache stepped in front of a group called the Women's Club of Rio de Janeiro in order to present a lecture. Born in Canada to Finnish immigrants, Calerva Oberg's extensive work and expertise in overseas anthropological research gave him the authority to speak to the concerns of his audience. During Oberg's speech to the American missionary wives and female expats that constituted his audience, he popularized a term that directly impacts the lives of every expat, including mine, culture shock. Now, I'd like to read for all of you an excerpt from his remarks on that August day in Brazil, because they really clearly depict the life of the culture-shocked foreigner. So Oberg said, I would like today to make a few remarks about culture shock, a malady which I am sure has afflicted most of us here in varying degree. We might almost call culture shock an occupational disease of people who have been suddenly transplanted abroad. Culture shock is precipitated by the anxiety that results from losing all our familiar signs and symbols of social intercourse. These signs or cues include the thousand and one ways in which we orient ourselves to the situations of daily life. When to shake hands and what to say when we meet people, when and how to give tips, how to give orders to servants, how to make purchases, when to accept and when to refuse invitations, when to take statements seriously and when not. Now, these cues, which may be words, gestures, facial expressions, customs, or norms, are acquired by all of us in the course of growing up and are as much a part of our culture as the language we speak or the beliefs we accept. All of us depend for our peace of mind and our efficiency on hundreds of these cues most of which we do not carry on the level of conscious awareness. So that was Oberg's speech, and I want to comment on it. His speech was so interesting is that it caught on like wildfire for that time throughout the global American expat community. That lecture that I just read was passed out to embassy employees and aid workers in order to help them better understand the psychological angst many face when uh, when moving to a new country. I personally f- have faced this too many times, uh, and especially when I first came to the Czech Republic. In, in his talk right there, he, he was mentioning how and when to give tips. And I remember being at a restaurant here in the smaller village I'm in and trying to figure out how to give tips because in America, you leave the money on a table and you give a certain amount. I think it's around, I don't even know what it's right now. It's about maybe 15 or 20%, probably 20% right now. See, I don't even know to this day how to tip correctly. But a check at that time in 1998, you just round up. So if a meal came to 57 crowns, you would round up to 60 crowns. And they wouldn't think anything of it. So when I when I was in this restaurant, I would try to give them a little bit more of a tip. Maybe here's a 25 crown tip. And many times the waitresses would just look at me like as if they almost didn't care. And I was actually making uh, a bigger problem for them so that they had some sort of mathematical equation, how much to give me back. And it was just more complicated that way. So I was caught between two cultures. One culture said, give 20%. The other one said, round up and it would cause me this just concern every time i'd get the bill what do i do now cuz it was it was kind of it was a culture shock i didn't know how to handle the situation and just a private confession i still don't know sometimes how to handle that <laughs> that situation now oberg in this lecture here he goes on to articulate something that is called the u curve now the u curve is the four-stage journey of an expat towards adaptation to their new life in a new culture. And the four stages are the honeymoon stage, and then it dips down into culture shock, and then starts coming back up to an adjustment, and eventually, at the top of the U mastery. The honeymoon stage, culture shock, adjustment, mastery. And I can tell you, and I'm sure any of you who are foreigners out there, they could tell you too, that this is very, very true. I'm going to talk about each of these stages. And the first stage is the honeymoon stage. This is when everything is fresh, exciting, and glorious. For me, it was, it was an adventure. I'm in this new country, and wow, it's just, it's really almost like a, an adrenaline rush from the beginning. Like I've got this challenge, and I've got to meet the challenge. And it was a trial, but I felt I was learning something in a new exotic place. I remember my first day and uh, some Czechs had picked me up and I got to stay at their house in Prague and I needed to go across country on a train and that train, they helped set it up for me that I was going to leave at 6am, but they couldn't take me to the train station. So they pretty much said, you're going to have to find your way. You go down the hill, you turn right and I'm sitting there and I've got my computer bag and I've got my big suitcase and my, I had a pillow with me or something. And I'm walking down at like five in the morning, dark out, going to the train station, not knowing what I was doing. And that is an adrenaline rush. I'm, I'm facing this new challenge. When I started teaching, uh, I didn't know what I was doing in regards to teaching. And I had to figure it out. I was given a workbook and told, go teach. And that's what I did, and I figured it out. It was a rush. I got to talk in front of people and figure out how to do the teaching thing, and I, I liked it. And then I also remember two weeks in, in and being in the Czech Republic, I got a little, uh, my doorbell rang, and two, of my, uh, two or three of my students were going to go on a trip to Slovenia, and they asked me to go, now these guys were paragliders, and um, they had a, part of their company was in in Slovenia, and they asked me to try paragliding a little bit. I remember running off a hill by my on my own, not not the big mountain paragliding, but off a hill and being able to control the 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 parachute and landing it. And that was just Russia. The whole beginning of my time in the Czech Republic. The teaching, the, my first adventure, going cross country on a train or, or going to Slovenia and doing some paragliding. All that was a rush. And it's the honeymoon stage where I love being in the country. Look at me. I'm on an adventure. In this stage, it could can, it can, it can last a few weeks. It can last a few months. For me, it lasted a couple of months. And that's when part two comes in. That's the culture shock. And people experience it in different ways. Um, maybe they'll criticize the culture, they're really frustrated with the people, or there's you know, certain habits uh, that they see in the people around them that uh, really f- frustrate them. For me, personally, I ended up with this kind of paranoia. Um, and it was a cold, dark winter. It gets dark around, it starts getting dark around 3:30 here in the winter, and I remember after Christmas. Uh, I had a good Christmas. A lot of people had invited me to their houses for Christmas, and maybe I'll talk about that someday. But about, uh, I think I was invited to six different places for Christmas, and it was great. And then winter set in—the cold, dark winter, mountain weather. I'm in a mountain town, and I remember looking out my window and having almost this paranoid feeling. I was one of the only—I was the only American in the town. And I just had this feeling that everybody was watching me. Because I was. I was was this little town's American. And they knew me by the way I dressed and by the way I talked throughout town. It was a small little town. And eventually I started getting a little bit this paranoia that everybody's watching me out there. And I need to not be in the limelight of, of the town. Also, a sense of loneliness. Started creeping in too. I was in the apartment of the Czech grandmother, as I mentioned before, and I was kind of just there alone. And I was missing things out in the United States. I knew people, but I was starting to feel a little bit more isolated from the world in which I was working and in, in the Czech Republic. And the culture shock just kind of sat there. what's going to happen? Am I going to go back to the United States or am I not? And as actually spring started coming, it started after a few months getting into the adjustment phase. And I, I can remember the thing that really pushed me out of the culture shock into the adjustment phase. I was lonely, a little bit paranoid of people watching me all the time. And a friend in the United States gave me a contact of someone they had met, a check that they had met in the United States. I got that contact and I decided to follow up with it and I contacted this man. His name was Tomas. And Tomas invited me out to his house further away and we became really good friends. Yeah, it was a person that I could talk to that had a similar sense of humor, someone I could also talk deeply with, someone who had been in my world previously in the United States in my town or in the surrounding towns in the United States, he understood that world and I could open up to him. And what ended up start happening inside of me was an adjustment. I had come out of the lonely phase, out of that paranoia phase, and I finally had met somebody who a little bit understood my my culture and my life a little bit more. So thank you, Tomash, out there, if you're listening. And Tomash, that friendship... Help set me on the path to adjustment. That third stage. I remember going out there and just having a big long bike trip. And uh, the uh, Americans, when they say a bike trip, they think about maybe uh, ten kilometers or something. No, when I went, went on a bike trip with Tomash and his friends, it was a forty-kilometer bike trip. And the Americans are always shocked by that. That's that's another cultural shock. Taking hikes or riding on bikes. It's a cultural shock. What do we, how do we go that far? We just don't do that much in the, in the United States. But what ended up happening, doing it with friends like Tomas, it started to breathe life in me again. And as spring came, I made new friends that could understand me a little bit. And then eventually, it takes you into the fourth stage, and that's mastery. Now, I have to ask myself, am I a master? Am I a master of this? Um, I'll talk about that in a second. But eventually, by the end of that school year, I wanted to come back to the Czech. I really began to love the people, the Czechs. They fit my personality really well. Oberg, in his speech, he talks about one of the best ways to get over the culture shock is to get to know the people of the host country. And I found that to be incredibly true. The best way to do that is to get to know people. And that's what happened. I got to know Czechs. Over the 10 months of my first year of teaching English in in 1998, I ended up realizing that I had uh, friends like Tomáš, but even the, my students, they became part of my friends too. And they got to know me. And I started to develop a rhythm. And I guess I developed that mastery. Now, my theory is that we, we as expats actually experience many U-curves uh, that become shallower and shallower as we go through our expat life. But some of the angst, you know, sometimes still exists and it pops up from time to time as I go through different stages of my life. You know, are the children getting to see their grandparents? You know, can I, can I, I can't really take my son to see a ball game. Uh, I still miss my favorite pizza restaurant. You know, those things still exist. But in the end, I guess the mastery does come where I settle into my life and I'm very, very happy and satisfied where I'm at. Now, what ends up happening next is the reverse culture shock. And if if you're an expat out there, you probably know what I'm talking about. And this is actually called the W curve. So imagine a W. And this was by Gullah and Gullahorn. They did research on this. And you 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 go through these different stages, like two u curves together and i let me just i just want to talk a little about the reverse culture shock and uh there's a couple of things' about three things that i I really want to talk about just quickly one, when you go back home to the home being your your mother country, you just had this experience in a foreign country, and you go back. And you just expect everyone to want to hear your stories. You went away. You have all these stories. And I remember going back and just all my stories began with, well, in the Czech Republic, they do this. In the Czech Republic, I did this. And quite frankly, people get really, really annoyed pretty quickly about that. What I found was a lot of times when I'm talking about my life in the Czech Republic, I usually have... Maybe a minute, a minute and a half to just say something about the country in which I'm in. And a lot of times I've learned over time as I go through that W curve and come out of that reverse culture shock that it's just sometimes better to keep my mouth shut about my experiences. And there's a time to talk and there are people out there that are very, very fascinated with it. And I'm very thankful to those people. But most of the people, their lives continue to go on. And that's my second point. People don't see that you have changed. Their lives continue on without you, and people still think of you as if you were from from before, when you left that country. Their lives continue. You don't walk step by step with them through life because you're in a foreign country, and you you step out of their lives, not in a bad way or malicious way, and then all of a sudden you re-enter. And they don't see the development in the expat. I would come back and the people would look at me as if I was the 22-year-old Justin who came to the Czech Republic the first time. But I had grown. I had had uh, very strong experiences that had shaped my character. And three, um, isolation and frustration. Uh, when I come back and re-enter the American culture, sometimes it's culture shock that, that, that all over again. And But this time it's in your own world. And you're the, one you, the hometown in which you grew up and lives and culture change a little bit. And sometimes you feel a little bit on the outside. All these three things are just examples of what happens when you go back to and re-enter your home culture and experience reverse culture shock. You expect people to hear your stories. People don't see that you've changed. And there's a little bit of isolation and frustration that you have to go through the culture shock all over again. And what you end up finding is that you're in the middle. (laughs) You're in the middle of these two worlds. And that is a good place to be. But it can be very, very frustrating. I can't sugarcoat culture shock at all. Yes, it's painful. But it's a necessary development. And every foreigner has to go in for the treatment. How you handle the pain responsibly is the real question. I personally think the foreigner needs an anchor. They need some sort of anchor. I personally found my faith and Jesus carried me in all those times. I had that anchor. And it freed me up to experience all the things I needed to experience as a foreigner. That freedom to go through that culture shock, the pain and the, and the development, and the joys and the struggles and new friendships. I needed that anchor. You know, at times I was lonely, but it was a great adventure. And that dichotomy between those two things created a tension that produced growth in me. It's a journey. The culture shock is a journey it's hard to go through, but it's part of the process. But I learned more about myself and about my God than I ever had before because of that culture shock. You know? At the end of the day, what came out of it is I met my wife here, my children were born here, I'm doing what I was meant to do, and I'm thankful for that. So sometimes... We have to go through the valley of the U curve in order to come out on the other end. And if we do it responsibly, we can come out into a new person who can really, really thrive in this world. I'd like to just read for you the last part of the speech that Kalerva Oberg gave to the women of the Women's Club of Rio de Janeiro. Finally, a word of what your fellow countrymen can do to help you get over culture shock. It's well to recognize that persons suffering from culture shock feel weak in the face of conditions which appear insuperable. It is natural for them to try to lean heavily on their compatriots. That may be irritating to the long-term resident, but he should be patient, sympathetic, and understanding. Although talking does not remove pain, I think a great deal is gained by having the source of pain explained. Some of the steps toward a cure indicated in the assurance. Given that time, the great healer will soon set things right. Embrace that culture shock if you're out there. Hold on. Hold on to an anchor. It might seem difficult. There might be some pain involved. But when you come out through that valley of the U-curve, let the great healer set things right. Thank you for listening to the Behind the Curtain Podcast. If you want to get the show notes or have new episodes delivered directly to your phone, you can go to the website behindthecurtainpodcast.buzzsprout.com to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And as always, any ratings, reviews, or shares are greatly appreciated. If you'd like to connect, you can write me at thebehindthecurtainpodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your questions and comments. This is Justin Loy. Take care, and I'll talk to you later.